Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is one that starts and ends spending time with our wonderful Lord. James chapter 1 verses 19 to 21. Our question is, how can I best learn what the Bible has for me? You know, commentator John MacArthur looks at these verses uh, as the third test of true believers. One, a believer's response to trials, that's in chapter 1, verses 2 to 12. Two, a believer's response to temptations, chapter 1, 13 through 18. And then three, a believer's response to truth revealed in God's word. This is chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. You know, we all understand Peter's ageless metaphor of a newly born infant's desire for milk, which is essential for growth. A modern-day metaphor might sound like this. When you trust Christ as your Savior, as a newly born believer, your spiritual Bluetooth will automatically want to connect and sync you with God's inspired word. Just as, just as natural as a true child of God desires God's word to learn it, to love it, to live it, so it is natural for an unbeliever to disregard it and disobey it. As our faith falters or our trust weakens, even as believers, we can fall into the dangerous trap of ignoring, arguing, or even resenting God's word. James recognized this in his persecuted friends, and he gave a clear warning. The word wherefore is kind of way of saying, know this, recognize this, understand this, please don't miss this. Now that I have your attention, then he says, let every man, every single one of us, regardless of our background, age, academic achievements, struggles, every single one of us. Then he says, be swift to hear. Shh, listen, listen closely. Turn your head so you don't miss a word. Concentrate, don't get distracted. Turn your phone off. Turn your day planner off in your mind. As you open God's word, listen. Allow yourself to actually hear what God is saying, not just what the preacher is saying or just what you want to hear, but what God is actually saying in the passage being read, studied, preached, or explained. As children, I'm sure you have been accused, as I have many times, of letting what is being said go in one ear and out the other. Many husbands have been asked, are you listening? What did I just say? As much as scatterbrained children and distracted husbands struggle with truly listening, so do so many of us Christians struggle to give a focused, undistracted ear to God. God so wants us to understand his will and his word that he has asked many of his friends over hundreds of years to write it down for us. We have God's word in written form in our homes and on our phones and still give it only like 10 minutes a day or even less. Shh, listen, listen closely. God has something to say. Be slow to speak. Some people think that listening is just waiting for their turn to talk. When James encourages us to be slow to speak, he is urging us to slow down, take a breath, and think about the positive and negative consequences of what we're about to say. Can you imagine the difference in our homes or churches if we follow the age-old advice of asking ourselves three simple questions before we unload our minds on someone? Is it true? Is it kind? Is it worth saying? Have you ever stopped to listen to what God has to say about speaking before we think? Here's a couple of verses from Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 10, 19. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Too much talk leads to sin. We must be sensible and keep our lips sealed at times. 
Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the righteous studies the answer, but the mouth of the wicked pour out evil things. Proverbs 18, 13, he who answers a matter before he hears it, it's folly and shame to him. Interrupting others before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. And then in James chapter 3, verse 2, we all stumble many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a mature, perfect man, also able to bridle the whole body. Then Ecclesiastes 5.2, this is a good verse for us to remember. Do not be rash with your mouth. Let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. God's in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Now, God also tells us not, not just to be swift to hear and slow to speak, but to be slow to anger, slow to wrath. Does God's word make you angry? Do certain commands trigger an angry response in your heart? Is it the preached word or the preacher preaching the word that troubles your heart the most? In what other areas of your life are you overly defensive? Has unresolved anger, bitterness in your heart morphed into an unteachable heart? Do you resist those who really care and want to help you from God's word itself? If you have the power or had the power to change something, would you change the past or would you change the present condition of your heart? These are not easy questions to deal with from a heart that is saturated with inflamed emotions caused by past hurts, embarrassments, or unrealistic expectations. We need to be slow to speak, slow to hear. I'm sorry, slow to speak, swift to hear, and slow to wrath. So this brings us back to our context, which is connected to how we can receive God's life-changing word with open, transparent, humble hearts to humbly accept the word of God that he has planted in our hearts by his spirit, we need to get rid of all the filth and evil in our lives, which includes the refusal to listen, the tendency to verbally defend ourselves, and the uncontrolled angry reaction to confrontation. In other words, we need to put off, get rid of, stop the evil and wickedness in our lives and humbly and meekly receive God's precious word that impacts our eternal salvation and daily sanctification. Oh, we need to pray, Lord. We need you to help us to be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Our time's up for today. These are great truths, not just to hear, but also to live. Let's be doers of the word, not hearers only. But today's the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice. Let's be glad in it. And I hope that you, you have a good day.